0: Welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0, Surviving in the Classroom. I'm Swan. I am the chief chihuahua bat on even days. Um, My partner in crime, Mala, she would be the chief chihuahua bat on odd days. So when we look at the calendar and make decisions, we're like, oh, not my day, and we kind of laugh about that. We are the chihuahua bats. We are both retired educators, 30 years in the public classroom, and we both taught foreign language, so that was an experience in itself. Um, she retired about five years before I did and started pursuing her passion in art. She's a painter. She loves to paint, uh, and, and she's good, I got to tell you, and she does exhibit at the Art on 12th Gallery in Wimberley and um she's actually there today so if you if you've exhibited before you know and if you haven't um once you commit to a gallery you you have to work and so you have to sign up for so many days and so um she's actually there today this is her day to work in the gallery and um it's today's a monday and so this is a not a very busy day, so it's kind of a maintenance day sometimes. Um she actually there my husband exhibits there too and they're both there together because when you're there by yourself it's, you know, if you need to go get lunch or just go to the restroom, it's you don't have to lock the door and say, you know, back in twenty kind of thing. And and safety and numbers. But so today's kind of a maintenance day. They won't get a lot of traffic. So it's Yeah, they're not always excited about, you know, working on a Monday or Tuesday because the weekends, obviously, they're very, very busy. So that's where she is today, pursuing her passion. And I uh, retired in 2018, and my passion is is writing and advocating and really storytelling about what it's like in the public classroom, what it's really like, because there's a lot of backstories that, that can't be talked about when you're under contract, obviously. And so I um, I like to be the voice for many who are still in the classroom. And I reach out all over the United States, uh, you know, teachers, retired teachers, counselors, administrators. Yes, they all, you know, talk to me and, and comment. And, and so um, I have become the voice. I, I can tell the stories that they're not comfortable telling. So um, having said that, I wrote a book called Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat. Um, it highlights a five-year period in my teaching career that if anyone had ever told me, I would have said, no way and yes way, it happened. And so it talks about how I survived a real chaotic situation um, that I found out about at the last minute, which is tie into what I spoke about last episode and this episode. And... Um, yeah, and, and Mala was very instrumental in that. That's She and I met, and she was with me during this five-year period. And, and, and basically, uh, it was kind of, you know, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. And we, you know, I chose not to just sit around and complain and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and really quitting. People said, why didn't you quit? It didn't even dawn on me to quit. That's just not in my character. And I kept thinking, you know, these students didn't ask for this. If I walk away you know, how do you get a teacher, you know, in October, it's kind of hard, so, um, you know, I just chose to step up, and find a solution, which was work through the chaos, a lot of humor, a lot of support from my colleagues, and the bottom line is, to the story is, success is always up to you, Um you may have great bosses, open-door policies, and that's awesome. I'm not saying that doesn't help, but when it gets right down to it, many times their hands are tied by, you know, policies or regulations or whatever, corporate policy. Yeah, and so success really is going to be up to you. So memoir of a chihuahua bad, yeah, that's what I did when I first got out, and then, you know, started blogging and podcasting. Um if you're interested in the book uh, or my website, my website is ChihuahuaBat.com. And um, you can find my book there on Amazon. And any, you know, questions, feel free to reach out. So last week I talked about, and before I go any further, I have to say I have my grand dogs here. So if you hear any squeaky toys or running or just barking or funny noises in the background, it's them. They have a tendency while I'm sitting here in my um, office I'll look down and they've brought me all these toys, you know, kind of saying, hey, I'm here. So FYI, weird noises, it's its the dogs. Um, so last episode, I, I talked about, you know, why are we still so bad at it? And the it was communication. And several people reached out to me and we got into some conversations. And they said, you know, you, you, know, you shared a little bit about how that affected you, but you didn't really say, like, what were some of the worst things that happened to you? And I said, you know, you're right. I was trying to take the high road there. And um, I said, I didn't. And they said, do you have some horror stories? And I said, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> and so Three or four people said, well, can you just sort of, you know, soften the story and, and let us know? And, and then they shared some stories out. Even I have friends outside of education that went, oh, my God, you're right. So anyway, so this is sort of a continuation of why are we so bad at it? Or as I like to say, oh, didn't they tell you? So Um, The first thing that comes to mind of, you know, a horrific situation, it's probably about 2005, 2006, and I am, I'm teaching, I'm in a large district, we're in a very um, upper socioeconomic demographic, Uh, parents are like CEOs, CFOs, lawyers, attorneys, um, and so as a department, we had to come together and agree on grading policy and homework and zeros and just, you know, nail out everything that we were going to ask of our students. Um, Because these were parents that if if they saw the door was cracked, by God, they were going through it. Even if their child had cheated horrendously, if it wasn't in our um, expectations, then, um, you know, they would win the case. So sadly, that was the environment I was in. But it was also a good environment because it really – Yeah, it it taught me how you had to come together as a department and you had to agree and sometimes agree to disagree and you had to stay consistent um, because it was for the good of all students, not just maybe the ones you liked better than others. So, very, yes, this is a huge district, 3,500 kids. My classes ran. Um, probably 32 to 35 because I taught the lower levels and those classes have a tendency to have higher populations. So, and they're freshmen and sophomores, those little lovelies are still growing and finding themselves. So they can be quite a challenge. So it's about 2005, 2006, right? And I'm a department chair. So that means I have extra duties and it's the last period of the day and it's the very first academic day of the school year. And I am working with a couple of girls with their schedules because, you know, the first day there's a lot of confusion and we're sitting in this little group talking and in walks this tall, thin, blonde student, he's pulling a suitcase on rollers. He's in these short, beige shorts. short meaning he was so tall they were way above his knee. And we had a dress code about that, but just something looking at him, you could tell this this, this young man's a little bit different. And he had on black shoes and black socks, and he walked right up, almost knocked the girls down, and said, "Um, where is my seat in front of the TV? So there I am going, go, okay, and I go, may I see your schedule, sir? Oh, yes, and he gets in his suitcase, and he gets out his schedule, and um, I look at it, and I, I see his name. We'll call him Richard, and I said, Richard? uh, I, are you, are you wanting to sit by the TV? Is that what you're telling me? Yes, I always sit in front of the TV so I can see the agenda. And, And back then we were, you know, I was, technology was my friend. This district had a lot of technology. So I said, all right, why don't you have a seat right there? Okay, thank you. So he wheeled over and he sat there. And of course the bell rang. And on the first day, there's just a lot of housekeeping you have to do because Yeah, the attendance is critical because, you know, districts get money based on their attendance rate. So that's the main focus. And to make sure that kids are where they're supposed to be. Sometimes they go to classes they want to be in instead of what's on their schedule. So checking schedules is, you know, there's a process there. And then if you're lucky, uh, you can actually start talking about what the course is going to be like. So there we are. And I've done all this, you know, this housekeeping. And in the meantime, I noticed this hand is up waving, and I think, okay, I'm not explaining anything about Spanish. What what could the question be? And so I look over, and there's my little friend, Richard, and I said, do you have a question? Because yes. What time is this class over? And I said, well, when the bell rings, at four o'clock, it's going to be over. All right. Okay. Where is the clock? I said, Turn to the right, right over your shoulder. There's the clock. Okay, so I go back to start talking about the class, and then he raises his hand again. And I think, okay, I'm, I can see my, other peripheral, my peripheral vision, and I'm facing class, and I think, okay, I'm just going to wait a minute here. You know, I'm going to continue my lesson. And he's waving, waving, waving. Then he's leaning over the desk. He's really tall. He's like six foot. And he's leaning over the desk, and his hand's about to touch the floor. And I finally go, Richard, do you have a question? Yes. How do you say television in Spanish? And I go, you know, uh, we're going to do some vocabulary. Actually, tomorrow we're just—I'm just, just going to walk around the room. We're going to learn how to say everything in the class that we're going to be using. So we're going to learn that tomorrow. He goes, how do you say television in Spanish? And so I'm like, okay, I get it. There's no filter there, right? Clearly, this young man was autistic, and so I—I I, I just finally had to. Him his, il, tell him well, it'll and so he was like, oh, okay. So he would write it down, right? And I think he doesn't know how to spell it. So I'd start talking again, and up with that hand, waving, 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 and I'd say, yes. How do you spell? And he tried to say, ill tellaby sore. <laughs> tell sore. Okay. So I just wrote it on the board as I continued, you know, trying to introduce my class to the other kids. So, uh, long story short, on this one. Uh, This young man was very concrete, and this was a Spanish two class, which is really why the red flag went up in my head, because I thought, oh, dear, you know, very concrete. He's he's not going to like it when we get into reading, and, you know, what is the symbolism, and what is the imagery here, much less in a foreign language. He's not going to like that. Um, And how are we going to get through that? And um, he would raise his hand... 36 to 38 times per class period every single day. Now, this is the last period of the day. 35 kids in there, and he's just one of my special populations. I had another autism child in there who was quiet, but he was a rocker. So when he got uncomfortable, he would rock. Then I had two or three ESL young ladies in there, which needed my time as well. Uh, And Then I just had some, you know, regular special ed. Some were just, you know, they're... Their deficiency was more in math, but, you know, they were still under the umbrella and I still had to make sure that they understood what we were doing. And then I just had some regular little, you know, freshmen um, who like to act up. So there you are. And there I am going, oh, dear God, help me. So I think, hmm, wouldn't it have been nice if someone had given me a head up about this situation? Because I could have already had him a little folder of things to do very concrete, that would have satisfied his need, um, and then I could have maybe worked with the class for 15, 20 minutes. That's what I, that was my plan. So I'm, I go down to the special ed office. We have a new director of special ed, and I, I walk in, and I see the secretary. Real I said, Grace, is she in? She goes, yeah. So she hollers at her, and she comes in. She goes, oh, hello, Ms. Stanford. I said, hi. Um, I have a student in my last period class, and I said the name, and I said, I really don't understand this placement. And she goes, okay, can spell his last name. And she has on these multicolored rhinestone glasses, and she pulls them down and looks over the top rim and says, spell the last name. So I did. And she pulls it up. She goes, oh, yes, what's your question? I said, I don't understand his placement in my Spanish two class. And she said, oh, Well, that's easy. That's what his parents want. And I said, okay, I am going to sit here calmly, and I'm going to breathe and count. So I was just breathing and counting, and the secretary's kind of grinning because she knows that when Stanford counts, life is not going to be good. And I said, okay, I'm all right. I said, I'm going to ask this one more time. I said, "Um, I don't understand his placement in my Spanish to class. And she said, well, you know, that's, that's what his mom and dad want. So that's what we have to do. And I said, do you, are you aware that this young man raises his hand probably 42 times? And I get to about 35 of his questions. Cause if I don't, he leans over the desk, literally waving that hand, shaking and, and will fall out of the desk over and over again. Oh, that's fun to laugh at, right? Because I teach freshmen. And I said, and I'm going through this day after day. And it's not so much that he's bothering me. It's I'm not getting to the instruction that the other students need. So I said, this is clearly a major disruption all day long in my class. And so that's what I'm questioning. And she said, well, you know, when the parents sign up and want their child in foreign language and they have to have foreign language to graduate, there's really nothing we can do. And I said, okay, now I'm breathing and counting again, and I walk out, and I go to my friend in special ed, and I said, help me, I said, you know me, I teach anyone, I mean, and I did, I could work with any of them, I thought it was cool to figure out how kids learned, you know, and I wasn't confrontational, you know, if they came up, and they didn't have their homework, I didn't just, you know, throw a fit, I'd be like, oh, did the dog eat your homework, what, and they go, no, miss, I just didn't do it, oh, silly me, so, you know, they knew that they could be themselves in my class, and they knew that, you know, if they weren't the smartest kid, nobody cared, and if they were the smartest kid, you know, we all were treated equally, and so, yeah, and I didn't mind ever working with any special pop, which is why I got a lot of them, right, (laughs) give them to Stanford, so off I go, and I'm like, hey, Why didn't anybody, she goes, oh, didn't they tell you you were getting Richard? I was like, here we go again. Who's they? Well, the counseling, she goes, and she mentioned the counselor. I was like, A, A, I don't even know who that is. She must be new to the staff. And they go, well, yeah, she is. And I said, okay, let's go with overwhelmed then. And she said, well, tell me what's going on. And she said, you know, by law, a student can't disrupt continually in your class the whole period. Something has to be done. And I said, well, that's what I thought. I wanted to make sure I knew the law. But I said that's what's happening here, and I said, "Oh, excuse me, drink." So I came up with a plan. I thought, you know, let's just kill them with kindness. So I started a little email chain, so I could give uh, daily updates to Richard's mom about his progress in class, and I would say, and it went all the way up to the top, right, right up to the superintendent's office, and I would say. Richard had a great day today. We were working on, um, let's see, I'll say school vocabulary, and I said, um, and then we applied that to like schools in, you know, Central and South America, and we were making comparisons, and I said, as long as he can identify the vocabulary, he's, he's very good. That's where his strength is, but if you ask him to compare, contrast, or to think outside the box, he cannot do it, and therefore we'll ask questions because he wants more vocab. I mean, literally, he will just ask his hand and say, how do you say rocket? Well, we're not covering the environment or, you know, space <laughs> vocabulary, Richard. We're working on, you know, this. Okay. And he put his hand back up. Yes. How do you say rocket? So, again, didn't understand, you know, doesn't have the filter. Yeah. So I would write a nice little thing. So, you know, comparison and contrast were, were difficult for him. Um, He only asked 36 questions today. The homework is going to be. Look forward to seeing him again. And I did that for 10 days. And suddenly, we were having an ARD. Oh, my gosh. And so I went in and... his mom was there and the, the director and her lovely glasses and me. And, and she said, uh, we're trying to look and see if we can, you know, change Richard's schedule. It's obvious he's not really um, working out in Spanish, too. And, uh, you know, they were so disappointed because he'd taken Spanish one on the middle school level and gotten a certificate. And I thought when I knew the class that he came from, well, it was just all they did was vocab. That was it. Well, he would have excelled in there, but when you get to level two, it's not just vocabulary. You're applying it. You're reading it. You're writing it. You're comparing You're contrasting. You're, you know, you're applying it to your world, and so that was not going to work for his, um, his brain, so, um, I, so, as the director's looking, and she knows she's in trouble because, you know, she was on the Chronicles that I wrote, <laughs> never said a bad word ever, um she's looking through all the courses, right? And it's about October. We're about at the end of the first grading period, so classes are filled. So, you know, he can't go into the foods lab. He can't go into sewing. He was already in art. He was already in two PE classes. Let's see. He couldn't go into ROTC. She was just going through the list, you know, and as she sat there, it dawned on me there really wasn't a place for this child, and As she was going through and looking, you know, um, the mother was tearing up. And so then I felt horrible. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, to be a parent and for a school, a huge school to go, we don't have a place for your child. How heartbreaking is that? And so I sat there and I thought, "I I can't do this. So I said to them, I said, you know what? I said, the only thing that bothers me is the Spanish 2 credential, because he's not capable, at this time, he may get there, of, you know, applying the words to reading and writing and things like that. He's just like, how do you say ball? How do you say avión? He's just straight vocab. And I said, if we will put in the notes that he can stay in Spanish 2 and acquire more vocabulary, but please be specific he will not leave with all the conjugation skills and all the reading and the writing and the listening and speaking skills just make sure that he's there to increase his vocab and he can stay all day so the mother was so grateful she hugged me and and i felt good but then i now i had what do i do with him because he's going to interrupt my class over and over and over so i went back to my little special education colleague and she said you know what Let's just do a computer program that he can play on and that should entertain him for at least 20, 30 minutes. And then maybe we can put him with a couple of girls, you know, that want to get like um, student council, you know, honor service hours and say we'll, do, we'll work on that. So we came up with a plan. Uh, wasn't perfect but it did allow me to have at least, you know, 30, 35 minutes, and these were 90-minute classes, so, you know, you're thinking, oh, right, half the class, nope, this was an A-B block, these were 90-minute classes, but it allowed me to have about 30 minutes to work with the kids, Uh, then I could put them on some independent work, I could deal with him, then I could get the girls in to deal with him, then I could go back and finish up the class, so there was that, right, so, that was one of the, it would have been nice to have known ahead of time. Okay. So, now we're going to fast forward. And it's probably about, mm, I want to say it's like 2015. And I am in my room. It's before school. I'm in my room. And I'm getting ready, decorating so that when service starts, I can just focus on that. And in walks one of the aides. We had paraprofessionals. And she goes, so, Hey. I'm going to be in your seventh period this year. And I said, why? And she said, oh, well, you don't know. They didn't tell you. I said, no. And she goes, well, you've got so-and-so and and so-and-so. And she listed off these seven young men. And I said, really? She goes, yes. And she starts giving me the history of these young men. And I mean, my eyes are just popping out of my head. and My mouth had dropped because they had such horrific, horrific abuse stories. And I said, are you sure this is a good environment for them? Because when I, you know, ask them questions and if they're uncomfortable, if they've got anger issues, I said, how is this going to work? She goes, I don't know. They just assigned me to you. And I said, so I went and pulled up my seventh period. And oh my God, now this school was much smaller. It was a little bit rural. But, you know, I was the only foreign language teacher and I was the only one that taught level one. And in 2015, House Bill 5 had passed in 2013. And one of the things it did was it took away the minimum graduation plan. And the minimum plan um, really housed quite a few special pops because they had to have, you know, so much English, math, science, you know, history. They had to have some PE and a few things. But they did not have to take foreign language, right? They didn't have to take, you know, some of those upper-level courses. Well, when House Bill 5 did away with that... They all had to go into one year of a foreign language. Well, in this district, we had one language and one person that taught level one. You're listening to her. And so I got them all. And so, again, I don't mind working with special pops. But for this situation, it was the grouping. Why these? There was eight. Why these eight together in this class at the end of the day? Could we not, you know, split them up? You know, because I had several in uh, earlier periods. I'd have two in first period and one in second. Okay. Put a couple more in there because I just thought, you know, power and numbers, they would punch each other's buttons. And they did. (laughs) So, there I am. So, I go marching up. And I'm just mad because, once again, are you going to give me a heads up or do I have to find it out from someone else that knows my business? So, I go into the, uh, the counselor and I was like, so have you looked at my seventh period? She goes, oh, well, you know, let's pull it up. And I said, do you see all those? I think there were blue colored boxes right there. And she's like, oh, oh, yeah, you you have. Yeah, well, I've got a pair of professional in there with you. And I go, "Uh uh-huh. And look how many are in that class. And she goes, there was 26. And she goes, well, at least it's not 32. And I go, and you think it's okay? I said, that number with that many blue boxes, not to mention I got pink boxes and red boxes. I said, are you, are you nuts not to understand that this is not going to be a good situation? She said, well, that's the only place they can go right now. And, you know, I'm sorry I didn't tell you, you know, counselors are overwhelmed when school's starting. And they are. So I said, all right, fine. So I went down to my principal's office and I said, "I, I just want to be real honest with you. I said, my seventh period is, is a major inclusion class. And I have a paraprofessional, and I said, but looking at those kids, I said, it would take at least three of us to manage them. And I said, I'm going to try it, but I'm here to tell you, I don't like it. And the reason is, I will end up just managing behavior instead of actually teaching Spanish. I said, because managing the behavior has to come first. And I said, given these characters, that's going to be a challenge. And I said, I'm just going to be like ricochet rabbit all over the room. So anyway, and I said, now, it may end up being my favorite class. But I said, I will try it. But I'm here to tell you, if I don't like it, I'm going to come back to you and we're going to fix it. So he he understood. So the class was, I'm telling you, uh, end of the day, uh, the young men, at the end of the day, they're tired. They don't want anyone messing with them. I got it. Um, The paraprofessional and I, she pretty much took care of three on one side of the room and I took care of three on the other side of the room meaning I would you know proximity and walk around and I would kind of touch base and then there was two that we would just kind of you know get when we could uh not a good situation at all uh by the end and then I had to go to my eighth period so I was exhausted and I you know went back in at semester and I said okay uh you, <laughs> how do you want me to grade this one child? I said, all he did was take his ruler and draw lines. He loved geometric lines. You know, he was more into the ag program, which served his needs. And he would start writing his name and it'd be real tiny letters. And by the edge of the paper, he would have giant four inch letters. So handwriting they were working on. Um, They wanted him to work on the computer. He hated the computer because he wanted to take his ruler and draw lines. And he wanted to design things, which is what he wanted to do. So anyway, I said, you know, here's what everybody else is doing. Do you see this whole design here? Because we would like, you know, design homes. We would design all kinds of things, apply the language, and then write about it or interpret it, act it out, make a video, whatever, whatever we wanted to do. And I couldn't get him past drawing the lines. And then he would put maybe five words on his diagram. And I would say, now look at these, compare how, how do I grade this? I mean, okay, he did it, but he didn't even come close to the level that, you know, this kid is, and he's got like a 72, so how do you want me to, how do you want me to do this? And so the principal was like, well, that's a good question. So anyway, long story short, nobody had an answer for that. Okay. So he yeah, worked with them, and, you know, the next year I asked to see, please, please, before you set up those classes, please, you know, get my input um, you know, 2018, nope, didn't happen, and I had ended up with two classes like that, so I'm sitting here going, wow, and this is a district where, I mean, I've got principals on, uh, that I text, because I had to text them quite often that period to come take one out, because they didn't kill each other, yeah, I mean, I have all the bells and whistles, and again, I'm not getting the info, um, a year prior to that, I would say 2014, um, I'm checking the roll and I notice a young man is missing. You know, the first couple of days I say, like, oh, so and so's missing. Yeah. And then, you know, five days into it, I'm sitting there going, huh, I wonder what's wrong with, I'll just say Adam. And so I started the kids on their assignment and one of my students came up and he goes, Miss, you don't know. And I said, Now what? He goes, Well, Adam tried to kill himself. And I go, well, how do you know that? And he said, he said, well, he said, so-and-so told me. So here I was going, I had a student who had tried to commit suicide, and all the kids know, but I don't know. So I emailed the counselors, and I go, is this true? And they go, oh, yes. And I said, well, it would have been nice to have known. So I reached out to his dad and said I was so sorry, and what could I do? And the dad was, you know, very thankful that I reached out and I said, you know, had I known sooner, I I would have called you right away. And he said, he said, well, I told the counselors and I said, oh, I, I believe you. And so there was that. And then that same year, I had two young ladies that ended up being runaways. And so because I wasn't getting information in a timely fashion I reached out, like, day three. One was on day three, and one was on day four, and just said, hey, I miss so-and-so in class, you know, would you like some assignments, and each of the moms came back, and, you know, they were just, they called, they were just in tears, because their daughters, you know, had run away, and they didn't know, And, and again, I went down to the counselors, and I said, did you know about this? Oh, yeah, we knew, and I said, I said, well, is there some reason I'm not getting the email? Is everybody else getting the email? They're like, oh, no, you know, we just didn't get around to telling you. So um, there I am, you know, the last, what, eight years of my career, I've got every bell and whistle known to man. I'm working off five or six different programs in the classroom. Uh, and I've got, you know, cell phone, speed dial, you name it. And still critical information uh, was not coming my way. So, those are some of the horror stories uh, that I went through um, to, you know, ease some of your questions and some of your mind. So thanks for reaching out. Um, it's And I'd like to say that, you know, it, it's better, but it's not because as I talk to my people, you know, they're still getting stuff last minute and still, oh gosh, didn't they tell you it's still coming out of their mouths. So hopefully we'll get better at this and to me, it's just a matter of being thoughtful. It's looking at a situation and going, who does this impact, and what information should I tell all the stakeholders about this, and, and wouldn't that be great if that was happening all the time? So, uh, without further ado, uh, I want to say have a chihuahua bat day.